0: Welcome to a football show here on the 440 Sports Network, of course, brought to you by Sinkers Beverages and the Kingston Group. That is Zach Lyons at f Pod. I am Braden Gall. Of course, thanks for joining us. And if you are watching us live, which we do appreciate, please share the product, whether that's on Facebook, Twitter or YouTube. Give us a, sh- give us a share, give us a subscribe and then tell folks about it and get people involved so we can uh, ask some more questions and get more interactive with you. The audience. Zach, we're going to do the offense today. We did the defense on Monday. Hope everybody caught that show. We established the fact that the Tennessee Titans have four and a half starting players on the defense. Over, under starting players on the offense. Four and a half? (laughs) (laughs) Higher. Easy, easy, easy. easy. Okay, so we'll we'll spend a lot of time today focused exclusively on the offense. We're going to go position by position just like we did on Monday. We will look at who is a guaranteed starter who's locked into their position. There's some guys under contract that are fighting for starting spots. How do we see those guys in terms of their future on the roster? Of course, there's pending free agents off of this particular offense. And then there's how do the Titans prioritize these positions in both free agency and the draft. So a lot of stuff to get to today on the show sinkers beverages i don't know about you zach but i'm trying these new beverages that are apparently through some loophole in the state legislative body that allows for um some things to be um infused into the the soda pot soda pot you can get well apparently like you can get it in a lot of different places but apparently uh completely legal and totally wonderful. <laughs> just just absolutely wonderful. Uh, you, like for three bucks, you can drink one little can uh, slowly if you want or not so slowly and just have a wonderfully relaxed evening after the kids go to bed. It's a great time to just, um, you know, relax. It helps you go to sleep, mellows you out. If you got any aches and pains from the day, I'm telling you, they got it at Sinker's Beverages. You can go to Sinker's Beverages and they got a whole array of It's right in their beer fridge. They got a whole selection. So not only do they have all of the wine and champagne and liquor and beer that you possibly need, non-alcoholic stuff. They have the pre-mixed drinks. They have mixes and everything. Join the in crowd as well. But, Zach, the THC-infused beverages that somehow, don't tell anybody, are fucking legal in this state. (laughs) They're great. They're wonderful. My wife loves them. My wife loves them. Uh, So, uh, again, Uber Eats, search Sinkers Beverages. Have them deliver that booze slash other things directly to your house.
1: Can you give us a brand name?
0: Uh, if you give me a second, yeah, I can pull up a picture because I tried like four different. Not at one time, by the way, that would be too much. Uh, four of them at one time would be would be too many. There was a can though that was fifty milligrams, and I was like, that seems that seems too many, too many milligrams. <laughs> um, a couple of them are locally brewed, actually, or or I don't even know what you do it. You don't distill it. I don't. I don't know. Um, I tried the High Rise, I tried the Crescent 9, and I've tried the uh, Higher Vibes. All three are quite wonderful. I tried them on separate occasions, just to be very clear with everybody. I would not recommend trying them all at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so there you go that, that would be bad kingston group BuildKg.com. make sure you check out them as well uh also don't imbibe of any kind when you're when you're working on uh building a house or a remodel or anything like that so there you go kingston group BuildKg.com. check out their their social accounts that really awesome work and we'll tell more about that uh more about them later speak for yourself brayden lol it's a high gravity beer <laughs> are you talking about 50 milligrams is that what you're talking about that uh, that's that's tomorrow night at the Billy strings concert. I might uh, maybe I'll try the 20 milligram one tomorrow. We'll see. Anyway, uh, it's great. They're great and sinkers has lots of great options. By the way, stacking the inbox all of your Titans offseason needs. There is a fantastic chat room in there, Zach, of which you are interacting with this audience and your audience cannot recommend enough. Uh, great place to talk Titans at any time of the day. So check out that sub stack there, stackintheinbox.com. Not only just great writing and great videos and uh, additional content from Zach, but uh, an interactive way to, to discuss things, not during a live show. So make sure you go check out com. And today on the Full Forty Sports Network, we got Paul Karski's live show. We got this show. We got Hot Read Pod coming up later. Just well, there's no better place to get good Titans conversation. Than with F words, stack in the inbox, and 440 sports. Just want to point that out there. Uh Will Levis, is he a starter? <laughs> yes. That okay. is easy.
1: He's the only quarterback <laughs> on this uh roster that is guaranteed uh to be here in 2024, and probably the only one currently on it that will be here in 2024.
0: So Malik Willis has a couple years left in the contract, but it seems like they've learned as much as they possibly need from him. And frankly, I think this is one of the easiest and more important roster decisions that the Titans are going to make, which is go get a veteran backup. If you've got all this extra money, uh, Tannehill's gone. Of course They've, they they got to, they'll, they'll figure out what to do with like the $3 million on Malik Willis's contract. I don't care about that, but like
1: cut him, you get 940 uh, K on your cap savings. So there you, you know, go. 940 K you can use towards an incentive for someone else.
0: <laughs> there are a lot of free agent quarterbacks available most of whom would qualify as like pseudo-veterans. I'm not sure I'd want to go that route if I was the Titans, but I do believe Will Evis is clearly your guy. There's no reason to think in anything else. You're investing in him, around him. But I do like the idea of a smart veteran backup who processes information well and makes good decisions. I don't necessarily need a great athlete or even a young guy with upside. I want like Teddy Bridgewater or Jacoby Brissett or somebody like that that has been around the league a long time to back up Will Levis.
1: Yeah. I mean, like you look at guys, um, you know, there's Joe Flacco, Josh Dobbs, heck, Jimmy G's getting released. You could probably bring Jimmy G in. Uh, he has a working relationship with Bo, Bo Hardegree. Uh, you know, there's, there's just all kinds of guys. There's no reason to keep Malik Willis. There's no, no reason to really feign a quarterback competition for the backup spot. Um, I've been lately thinking about and subscribing to this idea that every year you should draft a quarterback. And not necessarily think that this is the right year to do it, but if you get to a spot and quarterback is really high on the board and let's say that there's a guy like, I don't know, Joe Milton there. I don't know. I would throw a dart at Joe Milton over keeping Malik Willis. Like, at this (laughs) point, you never know. what You never know. Because, like, nobody knew except for, I guess, the people in San Francisco. Nobody knows what a team values in a quarterback. And they got Brock Purdy, right? They they traded up for Trey Lance. They end up drafting Brock Purdy in the seventh. And they had Jimmy G and all this stuff. They had all these guys. They signed Sam Darnold. Like, all this stuff, right? And the seventh-round pick is who their starting quarterback is. And that happens quite frequently. You can find a fourth- or fifth-round quarterback that Comes in in a pinch, Bailey Zappi, for example, behind Mac Jones, who's better than Mac Jones, by the way. So there's guys, not a high bar, (laughs) not a high bar, but there's guys out there that are like that. And at this point, you know, look at what Gardner Minshew, and you don't need someone that necessarily starts. But if you if you find a Brock Purdy. And Will Levis flames out. That's pretty damn good value to have. And so I think that until you have an elite franchise quarterback you, that you know for sure is an elite franchise quarterback, you need to be having a young backup quarterback plan. But So
0: I agree with your premise, which is. If you don't have a star franchise quarterback, keep trying. Keep swinging. Keep taking hacks at Sam it. Tim
1: Hartman's a better a better example yeah, or maybe even that's... a Spencer Rattler depending on how high or yep. low he goes, yep. but then yep. Joe Milton. Joe Milton was just the first name that popped in my head.
0: Uh, to your but to your very first line in that in that uh, what I think is very eloquent and thought out take. Uh, and by the way, um Joshua, they good to see you. Thanks for for coming and joining us. We do appreciate it. Um I think not this year though. Uh, They need so many other things, so many players that they don't, I don't think they can afford to use a draft pick when they have a lot of free agency money to spend. And there are so many decent enough backups. I agree with you. I think if they, if they go in, if we're here next year and we're still sort of like, I don't know if will Levis is the guy, right? Like there's signs of good stuff.
1: Here's my thing. We'll know if will Levis is the guy after this year. There's no doubt in my mind. You there is to... there's no more excuses for Will Levis in year two with a with a offensive head coach. You're gonna have an improved supporting cast on the wide receivers and the offensive line. It's almost guaranteed. There there is no excuses for Will Levis. If he gets injured, guess what? That means he's been injured every year for the like the last three or four years, and he's probably gonna continue to be injured. If he if he True. is inaccurate, they're not going to be tied down to will levis because this head coach does not and does not need he did not draft will levis so right, this right. is his year to prove like right now i'm 70 percent uh, someone asked me this last night in the chat in the in the stacking inbox.com chat and they go how confident are you that will levis is the guy on a scale from zero to 100 and i said 70 but this is the year that's gonna push me all the way in on Will Levis or all the way out on Will Levis. There is no more there's no middle ground. You don't have the luxury to be dicking around like he did with Marcus over because he's not he wasn't the guy and everybody clearly knew he wasn't gonna be the guy in 2017.
0: Well, but twenty seventeen would have been his third season, right? Um yeah. and he, he had started more games at that point as well. I, I, I was just saying hypothetically, if you you still are unsure because i agree with you I, i'd like to think that they will know now i think here's the injury question is interesting because if he plays really really well but then misses time with injury then you're still in that sort of like well he still clearly looks like our guy from a talent perspective the point is is i, I could see them doing that next year drafting a young quarterback with this much draft capital or excuse me with this much free agent money in cap space and this many veteran pieces on in the quarterback uh, uh spot and free agency and, and you're clearly giving Will Levis the opportunity to earn the job or become the franchise guy, you always do that 20-60-20 thing where 20% is elite, 20% sucks, and 60% is kind of all in the middle. There's a good chance he just moves within that 60% this year, and the hope is that he moves upward a- enough to prove that he belongs. I, you can't do it this year. I, you, you, need a, you need someone that can help him with... Just being around him through osmosis, getting smarter and better and quicker and processing more, and is just sort of a veteran stabilizing force. Uh, you don't need, and in case of an emergency, and there happen to be in a playoff run, and he gets injured for a game or two, he can come in and maybe not suck for a game or two. So again, Teddy Bridgewater, Jacoby Brissett, those well, types Teddy Bridgewater's
1: of retired from the NFL, so and he's a uh, head coach of a high school football team, so nice, he Good is, for him. He's Good. out of the NFL, so to Brissette's me, it's Joe name. Flacco. Joe Joe Flacco and uh, Jacoby Brissett, those are your two guys. I see a lot of people, and I I would agree with Jake Browning, if he wasn't a restricted free agent, because he's coming, he's going to be going back to the Bengals. They're probably going to tender him uh, exclusive rights free agent from ERFA, if I'm not mistaken. And I think that's only like two point five million dollars to keep him in a system that you know that he can thrive in. Uh, But to me, it's like with Jacoby Brissett. And Joe Flacco is who you just described. But there's also Gardner Minshew out there as well that you know can come in and win you games. He may not be, I don't know what kind of mentor or what kind of knowledge or anything that he can take Will Levis uh, through and provide Will Levis. But at least you know you're going to win a few games. But to me, it's what you described is Joe Flacco and Jacoby Brissett.
0: Brissett's the name. I saw a list of like six names. And they were a bunch of like Drew Locke type players and Jacoby Brissett. And I'm like, the only one that sounds interesting to me is the guy who like is a veteran who's been around enough to like stabilize. Mm-hmm. Um, and cause I don't, again, I think, and, and Trey says this, I care less about veteran presence and I, you know, I want a guy who can win if he comes off the bench. And I'm like true, but the percentage of chance that this team is in a playoff hunt and they need a guy to win a game at the middle of the year or whatever is probably slim. So, but again, not out of the question uh, either way. Go get a veteran quarterback in free agency. Don't draft it. And let's get rid of Malik Willis. I think we both kind of agree on all of that from a strategic standpoint. And Will Levis is the guy. Running back, number one clear he, starter.
1: I, I disagree with Trey's uh, comment here. I care less about vet presence and all. Uh, what happened to it? Oh, uh, I care it less up. about vet yeah. presence and all. I want a guy who can win if he comes off the bench. You're not winning anything. <laughs> yeah. But the, yeah. the vet guy provides you still the best chance. Like to me, Jacoby Brissett's going to provide you a better chance to win than Drew Locke, Sam Darnold, uh, Tyler Huntley. No, what else is younger? Easton Stick. I don't uh, want to use Kyle guys. Allen. You know, there's those got guy, the guys that are veterans are the guys that also are going to give you the best chance to win.
0: Yep. I agree. I agree. And uh, again, it's all about Levis here. Like you don't, we want Levis starting 17 games. That's that's what yes. you want. And the, the chances of Levis starting 17 games or not, and this team being in a playoff hunt, crazy things happen in the NFL, but it seems unlikely. So again, uh, all right, let's, let's head to running back. Of course, as we do our complete offseason offensive primer and preview here brought to you by Sinkers Beverages and the Kingston group, uh, Tajay Spears, three more years left on his deal. He is going to be your starting tailback, at least for now. Also, much like veteran quarterbacks... He's, he's your
1: starting tailback. I don't think there's a guy that's coming in that they... I don't think they're going to invest in a guy that's not going to be... That's going to be the guy that starts on opening day for this team.
0: Uh, agree. Could there be a 1A, 1B where the time splits? Yeah. And the snaps and the touches are close He's still 1A. He is I agree. your 1A. I agree. I agree. So, but like, like with quarterback... And I do have a Derrick Henry question, which I know I'm contractually obligated to ask all Titans people about. There are so many high-quality running backs that would give you a complementary skill set to Tajay Spears that are going to be available in free agency. I I don't know what they're going to do with Haskins. He's got two more years left on his deal, but eh, uh, it doesn't inspire me. Uh, Julius Chestnut is an ERFA, so they'll have exclusive rights with him. Could there be someone available late in the draft that is interesting to them? Cody Schrader or something like that.
1: I bet there's all kind. There's all kinds of people in that back. Absolutely. Malcolm Lloyd is a good one. Uh, Dylan Lobb is another one. Uh, Isaiah Davis, uh, Isaac Gerudo, who I think will be really high on their list because he reminds me a lot of Raheem Mostert, and this is a team where the GM was around for Raheem Mostert, so. And I feel uh, it, like there's going to be a lot right there.
0: I, I agree. And I, I really like Lloyd as a kid who went from South Carolina to USC, I believe um, better kept cap- pass catching ability than you think he is. Uh, Bama Brad says running back is where Carthon needs to show his analytic prowess. I agree. Uh, Brooks, Jesse says Brooks from Texas, that is an interesting one. I think he's like moving up boards too fast, honestly. Like, I am I wrong on that to say that he's projected to go higher than
1: I thought? I, I don't know. I'm not really familiar with his game too much because I think he's too expensive to get for the Tennessee yeah. Titans. And he's always kind of been too expensive to get. So yeah. I kind of don't waste my time too much with guys that I know that are going to be out yeah. of the range. Uh, Brooks would be that guy to me. And the, here's the thing. And I was kind of thinking about this, you know. When you look at how teams are constructed, and this is kind of going off a little tangent here, but when you look at how teams are constructed with their scouting staffs, right? They have scout, they have, this team had like, I think 17 or 18 scouts and they scout different areas of the country, right? So they have been watching Jalen Brooks for a while, right? The problem is that when you start looking at these big boards and they're individual big boards by one person, right? Daniel Jeremiah, for example. Daniel Jeremiah maybe has not gotten around to Jalen Brooks, right? I don't. I know Stoney hasn't gotten around to Jalen Brooks, if I'm not mistaken. I don't think he has. So maybe what you're seeing is someone that watches film then puts them up. But the teams, again, the big boards that you see are just really hard to decipher what's real and what's not because some of it is due to just them watching tape, right? It's not that someone else is bad. It's that someone, oh, well, this guy's good. Yep because I watched his tape, but the tape has already been watched. The, the board has already been somewhat settled for most of these teams that don't have a new GM, new head coach or new entire staff. Yep.
0: Sorry. Uh, Jonathan, a little tangent. No, no, no. I agree with you. Uh, Jonathan Brooks, I believe is his name, but yes, I agree. Same, same thing. I think he's too expensive. Like I I've seen him in like the second round. I'm like, that's not where the Titans should be spending their draft capital. Uh, QC Hawks says Dylan Johnson, with, of course, his running back coach on the staff. Dylan Johnson is a really nice looking player for college. I don't know if he's an NFL prospect. I don't know how good he's going to be, and he's he's been banged up most of his career. So Again, I am okay with a sixth or seventh round running back, but I'm also okay with uh, Devin Singletary, AJ Dillon, Gus Edwards, Damian Harris—somebody that sort of complements Spears with a little bit more. Not Damian
1: Harris. Oh God, please no. Between,
0: I, I like Dillon and Singletary <laughs> the most. But, but a between the tackles physicality, not Derrick Henry, because I've got to ask you about that. Um, Because I want you to kind of lay out for folks like what would it look like if Derrick Henry goes to free agency, tests the market, doesn't see what he what he likes, and then comes back to Tennessee. There are contract implications there if they resign him, so I'd like you to kind of lay that out quick. Quickly, I have folks. to waste my
1: time on something that's not going to happen.
0: I, I don't think it's going to happen either. But if he How goes out this? there.
1: Go to stackingtheinbox.com, subscribe. Cause I've already written about all of this on, on Tuesday. There you go. So you can go read it at stackingtheinbox.com So we don't have to waste our time on something that has a 0% chance happening. Derrick Henry is not coming back to the Tennessee. Tech. That's, that's what I was going to ask you. Percentage chance <laughs> is what I was going to ask. Zero. You. It is uh, 0% chance. And you can read why. And he, here's quick. Here's four quick, quick reasons why. And we talked about this in football and other efforts towards the very end as well. Uh, first he doesn't want to be here. He wants to be on a Super Bowl winning team and a Super Bowl contending team will f- pick up Derrick Henry. Two, this team is this team tried to trade Derrick Henry so they don't want Derrick Henry. It's a mutual it's a mutual relationship of we don't want each other. Three, their analytics forward and what do the analytics people say? Running backs don't matter. And finally, the money and if you want to get into yep. all the okay. money implications stackininbox.com.
0: Uh, QC says Braylon Allen too expensive I assume question mark I do really like Braylon Allen as a player but again too expensive
1: I agree um I don't know well, yeah, I have think plenty of time to talk about running yeah. back drafts and whether they're too expensive it's way too early combine hasn't even happened yet who so do you who I don't do want to you... get into say I don't want to say Braylon Allen is too expensive because right now he's like fourth or fifth round but he may be third round yep. you know by the time yep. this is all said right. and done
0: I think his size speed combo is going to push him up boards a little bit, but that's my, yes, my, personal, and, and my personal, and Yes, exactly. Um, who do you like in the free agent class? Do you, do you like that? I mean, again, what's cool about this kind of like middle linebacker is that you just don't have to spend a lot of money to get a productive player. And there's a whole lot of them in the free agency class. A lot of guys, you could kind of pick and choose a skill set that you, I don't like a lot of the small guys because they already kind of have a guy who does the stuff that those small guys do, but there's a lot of sort of, Guys that sort of would complement Tajay Spears, I think, in a supplemental role.
1: I, I, th- I, think guys that have connections to the team, uh, would be who I would be f- probably focused on a little bit, uh, even if they play against them. But Kareem Hunt, who has been around Bill Callahan, Antonio Gibson, who has been around uh, Randy Jordan, I would say also, you know, you look at you've mentioned Gus Edwards. Gus Edwards is another guy. Who has played against the Bengals for a couple of years now? Uh, Guys like that are probably where it's at. Devin Singletary, I would imagine he goes back to the Texans. Um, You know, I look at you know these top tier guys like Josh Jacobs, Tony Pollard, Saquon Barkley, Austin Eckler. I would like Tony Pollard because I'm a Memphis guy and I've been a big believer in Tony Pollard (laughs) as much as I've been a believer in Ty J Spears. At this point. I don't think that at this point, I think he's too expensive. Uh, Deontay Foreman doesn't really do much for me. I'm a, pretty much a always look forward, never backwards guy right now. So I think the three guys I named Gus Edwards, Cream Hunt, uh, Antonio Gibson, and AJ Dillon would all be guys that could do something with this team. I still yep. like De'Aaron Johnson because he played really well behind, uh, at Cleveland behind two guys, but he didn't really do much last year with the Jacksonville Jaguars. So I don't know that that's something I would have to leave open for Bill Callahan to tell me. Yep. Yep.
0: Uh, all right. Let's do tight ends here. Cause I'm going to save the two big ones for, <laughs> for last, uh, let's do tight ends here. So far we have two starters. Uh, that's good. We're, we're off to a good start. Um, tight more right Chick, here. Chick Conquo, under contract two years, very, very affordable. Josh Wiley, of course, under contract three more years, very affordable. Uh, here's what I would say, whatever lineup you want to roll out there, there's a chance these guys may or may not be technically starters based on formation, 21 personnel, 13 personnel, whatever it might be, and everything in between. But if you are saying that the Titans are going to have three tight ends on the roster, these are two of them. So they are absolutely roster your players, two and they're right now, they are your two starters.
1: Yeah, they're your two starters. How about Thomas
0: Otokoye? What do you think about him?
1: He, he's a guy uh, that has never done anything. So there you go. <laughs> I, I agree. You, know, you know, to be honest, I mean, like we again, I think that a lot of people, I think Titans fans need to drop their darlings. Drop your darlings off like your Thomas and <laughs> your Mason Kinsey's, your Nick Westbrook and these guys that people have fallen in love with in various forms or fashion that like Man, I can't believe this staff didn't put him up on this team. Listen, if that dumbass staff that just left couldn't find a place for these guys, this better staff's not going to.
0: Um, (laughs) I drop your darlings off. I just my brain went to like a bunch of middle school jokes. Um, so look, what's interesting about these two guys, in my opinion, is that if they want Brock Bowers or find a good piece in free agency, whatever it may be. I don't know, Mike Gasecki, I'm not talking about like like bottom tier guys, but maybe somebody that could be a true starter or a true number one. I don't know if Dalton Schultz counts or whatever, but there's guys. That, there's a couple names on the free agent list. Nothing, nothing special. But I think they're in a very flexible position with these two guys because if they really love Brock Bowers and think that Brock Bowers is the answer, and he is a and he truly is Travis Kelsey piece you can build around for the next twelve years, which I would argue he is, then you you can draft him and not and feel totally comfortable putting him atop top a list of three really good tight ends if they don't go get drop brock bowers or spend a bunch of money in free agency on a, on a top piece i think you can supplement it with an irv smith or whatever or a blocking tight end and, and have three tight ends that you feel comfortable about so i think these two guys give them a good flexible situation to work from if that makes sense well they
1: also finally have a, a tight end coach that has coach tight ends And I think that's going to make a big difference in both of these guys. Um, I mean, Tony Deuce has never coached tight ends before, right? Like, I mean, they have an actual tight ends coach now. And what he has done in there's I don't know if Mercedes Lewis is still floating around out there, but that is a guy that um, obviously um, J.O. has coached over in Green Bay and J.O. has coached uh, those three years. They're 14th in EPA on their tight ends, uh, EPA per target and a top 14 in each of those years. And one of those years they were first. Um, so I, I feel a lot better about this tight end class. I also am not convinced that Josh Wiley isn't your blocking tight end just because of, of one year last year. I think he has the size that you're looking for, the athleticism. Chig was a little bit better last year than he was the previous year as far as blocking. But at the end of the day, now they have a coach that could teach them proper technique uh, that, that he has seen work with Mercedes Lewis. So in my mind, I think that it's kind of like a reset again for these two guys in a new offense and a better coach. Uh, yes. So I, I'm no, not I looking for Jeff Swain is what I'm saying, or Trevon yes, Wesco. Yes. If you want to bring back Kevin Rader there, they probably not going to because they probably have never heard of Kevin Rader. Uh, but, <laughs> For the most part, I think that um, I only coach actual football players. I don't think this team needs a blocking only tight end, but I think that if you want one, you can get one. But I don't know if that's the route this team goes, because we don't really know truly what this offense is looking for.
0: And why not find a tight end that can block well enough and also do other things like you don't
1: have to fill an entire spot. That's why I I think that there's going to be a lot of good development from Josh Wiley and, And,
0: and yes, Bo, Mercedes Lewis is, I think, 49 years old. I think that I think he's actually 39, honestly. Um, I'm not kidding about that. Um, I don't know. There's a couple of interesting options on the free agent market, but I think ultimately this is sort of like Brock Bowers or or ride with Chig and Josh Wiley, supplement with some free agency, and I think you're good to go at tight end uh, from a positive or a negative. Okay. That brings us uh, courtesy. All of this, of course, coverage brought to you by Seekers Beverages and the Kingston Group. There you have it. Which, which, who, who's, who's joining the show? Which one is joining the show?
1: That is, is Huxley barking. Huxley, okay. or no, that is Havana barking at Huxley because Huxley's laying in his bed, not paying attention to her. Do they
0: still make out? Like, are they still making out frequently? No. No? no? Okay.
1: Are dogs that, are dogs, time, that, are dogs that,
0: ultimately, this is the most important question of the show. Are dogs that live together, like of the opposite sex, are they lovers and partners and like couples or are they brother and sister?
1: Uh, These are brother and sister.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, but in state of Tennessee, you can, I believe, legally now marry your first cousin. So you go. You never know. Um, Welcome to 21st century Tennessee. I appreciate it. All right, wide receiver. Let's go with wide receiver first. And we had this conversation, I think, kind of about uh, like middle. Like the defense is different because middle linebacker is just a complete void of talent altogether. But corner, we like we like. There's a there's a nice piece there in in. In Roger McCreary, but like really, we don't have any number ones. I think that's sort of comparable to the offensive line. There's some nice depth pieces there potentially, but on short-term contracts, that we don't that are question marks. We don't really have an elite starting tackle or a, a starting tackle of any kind to talk about. Whereas with pass rusher, you have Harold Landry, right, who's the one guy who's kind of established player, and then a lot of question marks behind him. And I think the receiver is more of the pass rusher, where they have DeAndre Hopkins. And some guys under contract that could be starters. They're gonna have to earn it and they're gonna have to prove that they can stay healthy. But Traylon Burke's under contract for a couple of years, Kyle Phillips under contract for a couple of years, Colton Dowell under contract for a couple of years. Like there are actual living, breathing, alive human beings <laughs> on the on the roster good on the roster for more than this year. And there is a good elite number one player at that position at wide receiver. So even in doing this exercise for the defense, I felt like I learned something about the focus and the and the resources for corner being the top priority on defense and defensive end and pat or pass rusher. And I think I did the same thing with this process, which keeps pushing me towards offensive line. We'll get to that in a second. But at receiver, how many starters you got outside of Hopkins? Anybody?
1: No, well, hell no. Have you you've seen you this roster? Right? <laughs> so hell, I,
0: that we is can ask, an
1: emphatic emphatic hell no I have one so you remember for those that may not listen to the defense it was starters for me I did I broke it down in starters potential starters long shots and depth players I don't have any potential starters at wide receiver either uh, okay long shot starter and that would be Kyle Phillips if you know by chance that he could stay healthy and they decide they want to use someone that's a little bit smaller than they normally have used in the past. And then other than that, your depth pieces are just Traylon Burks and Colton Dow. They're depth pieces. You can't rely on them to be top three, top four wide receivers right now.
0: So here's how I would look at the depth chart. Um, Like, I don't know, like not esoterically, but just sort of like in theory. Hopkins, number one, number two, not on the roster. There's not a number two on the roster. Uh, Traylon, there's not a number three on the roster technically. Depending on how you, what role you want out of your number three, if you want him to be slot, then there's a chance that could be Kyle Phillips. If you want it to be true third, three wide, in a little bit more of an outside threat position, I think it's Traylon Burks. I think Traylon Burks. Well, I you got to find
1: someone. Uh, no I mean, question. As as it sits right now, yes, it would be Traylon Burks. But it, by if Traylon Burks is still your third wide receiver when you go into camp and the, the scenario you just laid out. You've really messed up your opportunities.
0: Well, that would require two. That would require two pieces for sure, which is possible. Yes. Draft and
1: free agency. To be very easy to do to find yes. two better pieces in free agency and the draft. You could find two in free agency, you can find two in the draft, you can find one in each. And I don't care. But there are two better wide receivers, a a glorious amount of options <laughs> that are better than Traylon Burks.
0: Could I make the case? Because I, I think more of his athletic ability than maybe you do, but or, or health or whatever the issues are. Because I, I think that he is a he has post hype stamped all over him. Because I think he is the guy that could benefit the most from the coaching change. It doesn't mean he's going to stay healthy, it doesn't mean he's going to be good. Doesn't mean anything. But if I am saying who do I think could benefit the most from Brian Callahan being the head coach of the Tennessee Titans, it is Traylon Burks. Because that that raw athletic ability is still there. And if Brian Callahan can just create some level of consistency, I think Traylon Burks absolutely is still a viable, usable weapon for the offense. Is he a number one or a number two? Not even close. He's got to prove consistency and stability and availability to get to that point. But I think, like, I would say he's absolutely a potential starter. I would say Kyle Phillips is a potential starter or long shot for both of them, but I think they're about the same. And then I think Colton Dallas is, is, I I don't know if he's even makes the team. Like they liked him because of his special teams, you know,
1: proved it on a consistent basis. He's a reliable target and they just didn't use him consistently for the Tennessee Titans. Burks has proven that he is a a wildly inconsistent, unreliable player who has no clue how to use his uh, physicality and athleticism and, in the nfl it's ridiculous um again going back to football and other f-words i've read this dissertation and because we kind of talked about the process of how we go about evaluating players and this is this article that i read was talking about how the two most important data points they they think they have a third but they didn't have enough data back to past 2018 But the two most important data points that they have found that correlate to NFL success are success against press man coverage and EPA. And Burks was one of the worst in both. And here you are. In that draft class, by the way. So in that particular draft class, he was the worst in in both. And to me, it's just like, I, again, and we've talked about this constantly, the Tennessee Titans ran Carthons... As much as we love what has happened since the firing of Mike Vrabel, we cannot forget how quick on the trigger <laughs> uh, Amy Adam Strunk is. He cannot afford to go in into some of these position groups and not take advantage of the depth that is either in free agency or the draft or combined both in these position groups. And this is wide receiver. You have to walk away with two to three wide receivers. In my opinion, I think you need three. You need three wide receivers. I don't care how you get them. Three wide receivers on this team to to push everybody else down. And none of those guys are their pending free agents. You I, need I, upgrades. You need to be working to upgrade everything on your roster that you can. And this is the year to do that for wide receiver.
0: Well, there's a billion good receivers available in free agency as well. You can yeah. go high. You could go high, high, high end. We we uh, T Higgins is a conversation. I guess I think he's going to be tagged and not going to get away from Cincinnati, but Michael Pittman, Calvin Ridley, there's guys that are on that top tier. Marquise Brown might be on that tier. Maybe he's the tier below that. You've got Tyler Boyd, of course, they're they're not going
1: to 0% chance. They're, they're interested in Marquise Brown, uh, Curtis Samuel. He's, he's nothing. Curtis Samuel's bad. He's just, he's he's just a little bit more successful. Traylon Burks. I'm out on these guys. Give me Gabe Davis. Yeah, I think he's a lot better than everybody that you mentioned so far. I like Calvin Ridley, but I don't know if what Nick Holtz's relationship is with Cal- Calvin Ridley. Yeah. There's some Darnell Mooney, but don't know his relationship with Tyke Tolbert, right? So there is, there are some players out there. I'm, I'm just a big believer in this wide receiver draft class. And I think for me, it's just like Traylon Burks. He ha- he's had two years to prove that he can be something and he's had one good game. Uh, no, I,
0: I agree. I'm just, I, I I don't see. I think again, this is Traylon Burks is like house boy, by the way. He's like house money to me. Like he he's all right. You're Brian Callahan. You come in, you know, you've got a former first round pick who got drafted that way for a reason because of his skills. You are a great developer of talent at this position. And in an offense that is supposed to be maximizing players like this, it's house money, whatever you get out of him. But, but to suggest that it's nothing because he's, uh, you know, maybe you, I don't know, you're not going to I don't know what this dead cap money would be, but
1: for for me, it's just like, I don't Again, I'm looking towards the future and Traylon Burks is no, in, in my plan. If I was general manager, these players that were from John Robinson's draft class are very few and far between in my plans for the future.
0: No, I don't disagree with you on that. And I think, Ridley, and I'm just going to use these names as stand-ins because I don't know how they evaluate them. And we, you and I may disagree on who we like or don't like, but Ridley, Higgins, and Pittman are three names that I'll just use as like, I guess Mike Evans might be in that conversation as well. But Mike Evans even to me is different because he is not a guy that helps you long-term. So like I, the reason Ridley, Higgins, and Pittman keep coming up for people, not just the tie to Cincinnati, but it's because if you sign them to a four or five-year contract and pay them big-time money it's not just uh, like Mike Evans is more of a short-term play. Whereas if you get one of these three guys, sure, you might be on the hook for a whole lot of money, but he's a guy that's going to be Will Levis's top target for the next four or five years. And I think that's where you can help yourself, not just in one year, but in multiple years, but that still means you have to go draft somebody. But after doing the defensive exercise, because
1: I don't know if his top target, I don't know if any of those guys overtake first off Deandre Hopkins as his top target and I don't really know if any of those guys would overtake a Malik neighbors or Roma Dunze as their top target. So, well, well look. I feel like, I feel like what you, you, what we need, I, I feel like setting expectation on this wide receiver thing in free agency, because I like a lot of these free agents class, right? I like, I like a lot of these free agents. I like, you know, Calvin Ridley. I personally like Calvin Ridley. I like Tyler Boyd. Um, you know, I'd be fine with taking flyers on guys that are kind of like when you're taking flyers on some defensive backs like Paris Campbell or DJ Chark. Not guys that you would consider you consider them upgrades. I like Noah Brown. I think he showed that he can be a reliable target. Um, I like uh, Gabe Davis, like I talked about. Darnell Mooney. I like, I like Gabe to, Davis. Take a chance on Donovan Peoples Jones. Uh, he had a kind of a weird last year. Um, I still really like Trent Sherfield. Or Sterling Shepard is another guy who can't stay healthy, but in a reduced role. And I think Darius Slayton is also a free agent. I'm not entirely sure on that. But all this to say, these are all upgrades over in various forms and fashions over what you had last year. But after DeAndre Hopkins and the point that I want to convey is if you get one of these guys, you probably still need two more guys in the draft and I'm okay with spending the draft on two wide receivers. You need as many wide receivers as possible because you need two guys that you can train up to be with Will Levis. Gabe Davis is like the only guy right now that's available that you could say, okay, well, he could kind of grow up with, um, cause he's only 24 years How old. old. Rid- he- How old is Ridley? Ridley is 29, by the way. What? What? But I mean, yeah, yeah. He's been in the we I mean, gotta remember he missed like oh a God. year and a half of the NFL.
0: So I guess that I guess that knocks him down a year because he sat out for the gambling yeah, thing. So he's like I he's supposed. like
1: 20, he's like 27 and a half, you know, about to turn 28. In, in real
0: real numbers, yeah, in NFL
1: <laughs> age.
0: Jesus, that guy's way, way older than I than I thought he was. Tyler yeah. Boyd is also 29, Curtis Samuels 27. Uh, he's a guy that's versatile. Mike Evans is 30. I, I did not expect Ridley and Evans to be that close in age. T Higgins only 25. It's kind of Michael crazy. Pittman, isn't it? it really is actually. Now that I'm looking at it, Michael Pittman is 26. So uh, Pittman is a guy that again, it's not, you're not overtaking Hopkins now, but you have, assuming that Hopkins is around for one year, let's say, and he's gone after that. If you go get one of these bigger names, you're sort of, you've got a, a dynamic to some this year for Will Levis, but then also you're, preparing to lose Hopkins later on.
1: Can I ask a question though? And I know you're probably just using this as an example, but Michael Pittman and DeAndre Hopkins are not, aren't they the same? They're, they're, they're very not dynamic.
0: They're very yeah. similar. Yeah.
1: Now I feel I like a dynamic duo needs, they need to be different.
0: There needs to be a let's, let's hypothetically call it an early third round pick or a late second round pick Xavier worthy to package with those two guys. Somebody that can be fast and speedy and take the top off for lack of a better cliche, but I do think Pittman and Hopkins is still extremely productive together. And then they're they're a lot better
1: than what you've had for like three years. It's (laughs) It's the best hand. I'm not going to really complain if they end up with like Michael Pittman, Deandre Hopkins. I just, you know, I'm just saying that, you know, he is, he is your, they're kind of the same.
0: He's your succession plan for Hopkins. Yeah. Whereas, whereas maybe, and maybe I need to rethink the money for Ridley then because of the age, even though again, he's more like 27 and a half, but like still, at 29, and Mike Evans at almost 31, those two guys aren't going to be like heir apparents for the next four years after Hopkins leaves. Whereas I think Pittman could be that guy for you. So, I, and, and Higgins that way as well. If you go get Higgins, maybe it's 20 million dollars a year, which is insane in your head, but at the same time, that's taking over the money from Hopkins for for three of those four years or whatever. So, I think that's the way you look at it. Is you the reason you're going to? I think there's one big ticket item in free agency. I don't think it's a pass rusher, although that's possible. It, corner receiver tackle—they could go. I, I have a feeling there is at least one big, like, big ticket item, for lack of a better term. Maybe a second one. Um, and receiver is a good place to do that if you've got a proven commodity that you can pair with Hopkins, and and you're looking to help Will Levis. Like, I, I just—I I don't know. I think you're you're asking a lot of neighbors or a Dunze or one of those guys at seven to come in and be immediate production as a number two. Maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they can be that good with Will Levis, whereas I think the offensive line is a far bigger priority. But we'll get to that in a second. So uh, draft in the third round, if they get a pick there, I think the class is deeper to your point. And our talk on Monday, I think there's a really good chance that it's not offensive line receiver with one and two, that there's some sort of other cornerback wild card that gets thrown in there uh, with their first two picks. So there you go. Wide receiver. No, no NWI. Kiaris Jackson, you, you like him at all? Practice squad for
1: what practice squad? Someone else asked about Trayshawn Harrison. I'm like, for what? Like, what's that was stony? That was was (laughs) stony.
0: Um, all right. So, starters, so we've got you're you're counting Levis, Spears, Hopkins, Chig, and Wiley. That's Mm -hmm. five so far. Yep. That's that's a lot. That's a lot. A lot of young talent there, by the way. Um, that's a lot of guys, and and again, a number one running back, a number one quarterback, a number one tight end. Or excuse me, number one receiver. That's not. There's not a lot of Titans teams that have come into the year with those three guys, uh, other than the AJ Brown couple of seasons. Uh, All right, offensive line. I've got Peter Skaranski penciled in at left guard, and that's it. Oh, Brent School. Brent school at right guard or center. Doesn't matter.
1: He's starting. Okay, he's got one <laughs> he left on his I don't field. know where they're going to put him, but he'll be a starter. That's all I know. I mean, like, in, and that's fine. If if he's right guard, he's right guard. If he's center, he's center. Um. I he's he's under contract he fills a hole that a uh, that you know he's a good starter and he's going to be with Bill Callahan and I, I just don't see any reason to not say that he's a starter somewhere on this offensive line
0: I agree with you because I just you have to have enough people to play football <laughs>
1: Yeah, right. At some point. And and maybe he's not the starter day one. Maybe someone else is drafted or free agent, but we're talking about how the roster sits right now and how the roster sits right now. Daniel Brunskill's definitely a a starting player that they don't have to... He fills a position somewhere on this offensive line. I don't know how they view it, but he fills a position that you don't have to make a priority in free agency or the draft.
0: I I tend to agree. and. Uh, otherwise, you've got Brunskill, one-year deal. Dylan Raiden's one-year deal. Ojuku and Rup- Rupcic are depth pieces at best, one-year deal. You've got MPF with two years left on his deal, and Jalen Duncan with three years left on his deal. And then there's Andre Dillard, which I assume
1: is a seven he and a half million dollar,
0: seven and a half million he dollar dead
1: cap cut. hit. He'll get cut. He, he saved two point something million dollars, and if you wait, if you wait. Until the deadline, I tweeted this out last night. If you wait um, and cut him a couple of days after free agency starts, three more million dollars of his base salary becomes guaranteed, and then that is three million dollars off for um, three million dollars extra or taken off of your cap savings if you wanted to make him June 1st cut. So, gotcha. take That's the amazing cap amazing. savings. You He's getting get cut. I would I be agree. I agree. floored. That is a uh, it, that's a fireball of fits. So like we talked about, Amy Adams drunk having a quick trigger. It's a fireball of fits on Red right, Carthon. Go ahead and fire him now. <laughs> uh,
0: so again, that's fun. a ten million dollar ten million dollar contract this year. It's about seven point six, I think, if you cut him
1: you a, get, as soon you get, as you, you can. Get two point something million dollars if you uh, cut him before. <sighs> that's so get that cap savings. Take that two extra million. I I agree, pay.
0: but god damn, that's a bad use of money. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you. Though. Well, it I'm was. Yeah, it was. I, know, I mean, I know, it was
1: it, last year. But I mean, what are you going to do? Keep them and pay them for no. more?
0: No, no, right. No, no, so, no I agree.
1: It's I a sunk agree. cost. Dead mo- dead money. I keep telling people this. Dead money is a sunk cost. I if you cut them, a... guess if you don't cut them, you're still paying that money. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm just aware. go ahead. If you got cap savings, go ahead and get it. Um, but we... I would say, we'll say this, talking about the depth. So I don't, Here's how I got it. I got two starters, Peter Skronsky, Daniel Brunskill.
0: Okay, I'll get that. got a
1: potential starter where it's just kind of like put one of these players in. <laughs> Dylan Raidens or NPF, okay? Yeah, and then I got uh, a long yeah. shot starter. Whoever you don't put in the potential starter, I got under long shot starters, Duncan and that guy. And then in depth, I got a Jukwu and whoever doesn't make that cut. So it's like... On the offensive line, I have two starters, one potential starter, one long shot starter, and two depth players. Just pick and choose your own adventure after Brunskill and Peter Stronski.
0: So I actually think – so uh, as terrible as the Titans' offensive line was and as bad as the depth looks from from a long-term perspective – by the way, Brewer, Hubbard, and Corey Levin, the three names that are free agents that I guess – I'm not sure you consider bringing any of them back. But – What's I, inter- I would
1: consider Hubbard and Levin definitely not Brewer. I swear to God, if they bring back Brewer and pay him any kind of money, fire Rank Arthur.
0: What what is fascinating that's to me about this? Point. What is fascinating to me about this is you have a lot of athletic ability with Dylan Radens, a lot of athletic ability with MPF, and a lot of athletic ability with J- with Jalen Duncan. You now have an offensive line coach that is among the best in the NFL. My assumption is is that one of those three guys becomes a starter, maybe not a great starter, but a starter. I'm not sure who one of those guys are, and I'm not sure where they're going to play. To be honest with you, it's probably right tackle, but
1: I I don't know. I, I don't know. So and I agree with Ed Henry. He says doesn't there have to be one reclamation project? Yeah, and I put that that's that's your potential starter, you know, under I agree. Bill Callahan. Isn't there one recla- And and so to me, that's your potential starter guy because i don't know who that's going to be so i can't say well for sure you know dylan radins is going to be a starter i i think that it could be anybody between radins duncan and npf one of those guys is going to start on this offense. yes yes. offensive line i'd be very let me i would say i'd be i'd be pleasantly surprised if one of the if none of them made the offensive line because that means that your offensive line was filled out correctly in the offseason and filled out with top-tier free agents. Uh, So I'm okay if none of them make the offensive line, but I feel like one of them is going to make this offensive line. Everybody just needs to come to peace with that.
0: I agree. Uh, Tyrone Smith, Jonah Williams, Andrews Pete, Kevin Zeitler, Connor Williams, Cody Whitehair, Dalton Risner, there are options at center or guard. Um, Not as many at tackle. If you want to go big with Smith or Williams, I guess in theory that could work. But again, to your point, if Brunskill's your right guard, hypothetically, or center, you go sign one of those pieces, Skronsky's your left guard, Bill Callahan created creature for right tackle, it it leaves a pretty obvious focus with the seventh pick or whatever, wherever their first round pick might be, because there are so many good starting options in the top 15 picks of the first round of the draft, and because you have Hopkins, and because the deep class of the wide receiver, like I I, I am closer and closer to saying, look, I agree with everything you say, Zach, about they need starting players no matter what the position. So go get starters. Go get the best players possible. If that's Brock Bowers, fucking fine. But the point is, go get starting players. The good news is is that tackle and receiver are two of their top priorities, and they have a lot of quality in the draft with those two pieces. I am more and more on the offensive line, corner, receiver as their first three picks. That could include a trade back. But I, I think corner is higher on their priority list than than we than I initially assumed. And I think like there are no of their two starting corners. They're not on the roster. At least I could see Bill Callahan developing one of these guys into a starter at right tackle. Then you could address the position in free agency, just like receiver. They're going to have to go at this a lot of different ways. And there's just not too many starters there.
1: You you know I think the question everybody kind of needs to be asking themselves because first off listen if they were able to walk away with Andre James the center out of Las Vegas and Robert Hunt I would be I would be just excited I, I the emotions just thinking about it would be your interior offensive line is just amazing at that point but the question you need to be asking yourself Titans fans is what's better for your team Peter Skoronski. Andre James, Daniel Brunskill, or Peter Skaransky, Daniel Brunskill's Robert Hunt? And I think I lean Robert Hunt over Andre James. Okay. 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 Um, The question I have
0: is, and we've talked about this, what they do in free agency will give us a lot of clarity into what they value in the draft. I think looking at the draft even closer, there are plenty of teams that could want quarterbacks in the early teens that might be interested in trading up to that seventh pick. If a quarterback either falls or a quarterback is going before them, there's a lot of good tackles that could be taken between seven and 15 in the first round of this draft. There's a lot of great receivers that are going to be available between 35 and 50 or 35 and 60 in the draft. Uh, If they go spend big on Jonah Williams or they go spend big on Calvin Ridley using those names as stand-ins, that will give us a lot of clarity as to what they're focused on. Even with the assumption that even if they do that, they still have to add pieces in other ways as well. So even if you sign Jonah Williams to a big deal or Tyrone Smith, you still need another Please tackle. To draft.
1: I, 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 I plead to them, just take your chances with someone on this roster over taking chances of a guy who gave up a ton, shit ton of pressures. I
0: I, I think it's all I, and so yeah.
1: <laughs> I plead. I, I would I would rather see raidens than Jonah
0: Williams. Like that's where I, I I'm at on Jonah Williams. I tend to agree. I'm just saying they could spend on a piece. It doesn't preclude yeah. them from going to draft Joe Alt at seven. They could go spend right. on Calvin Ridley. It does. I think that is more likely to preclude them from taking a, a receiver at seven. Because again, there's lots of great receivers in the second and third round. And if you have Hopkins and Ridley or Hopkins and Higgins or Hopkins and fill in the blank with a bigger name piece, you really don't need the receiver immediately. You need it long term, but you don't need it for this year. And you need an offensive lineman fucking right now. <laughs>
1: you need, you've yeah, got to protect the We talked about this last night. We talked about Tyron Smith, right? Obvious ties to Bill Callahan. He's one of the few first-round offensive linemen in Bill Callahan's coaching career that was drafted in the first round. I look at him. He can't be relied upon, but he doesn't want to retire. So he has the history with Bill Callahan. He comes here. i worry this is a worry i worry that tyron smith would preclude you from drafting a left tackle at seven okay that is my like your calvin ridley tyron smith okay because then you have tyron smith and then you have maybe npf radens or jalen duncan you develop behind the scenes 33 years old Maybe you draft someone maybe you draft someone in like the fifth round or the sixth round, maybe like a Delmar Glaze, who I think is gonna be a guy that people are like, Who the fuck is Delmar Glaze? What a great name though. He tells them, <laughs> it's a great name, but he is he's someone that's really I think is gonna surprise how people how high he goes. when I get uh, the Nistone, he's probably like really excited that I've mentioned Delmar <laughs> Glaze now three times. When I get the pork uh, butt
0: going at two a.m. I'm always thinking about Delmar uh, Glaze. Yeah,
1: get glazing the glaze. Uh it's <laughs> what we talked about. But I just feel like at this point, like if Tyron Smith is in this shouldn't be the case, in my opinion, draft good players, draft draft great players and in, in pick seven. Yeah. But I do feel that, if, OK, if you get Tyron Smith, then it's wide receiver, right? Like they're going to go wide receiver or they're going to go, you know, I guess. Yeah, I guess hours or something. I, don't, I think that Tyron Smith is probably the only left tackle in free agency that precludes you from. I think precludes the Tennessee Titans from taking Alter Fashanu at seventh.
0: So I'm counting it.
1: Something people should monitor. I, I
0: agree. I, I. It seems. I don't know. I know there's been some big tackle free agents that have changed teams in the past. Trent Williams, namely, that have done a really really good job and have worked. But it doesn't seem to be a thing that, unless I'm just like missing the last few years. I mean, normally.
1: Elite left tackles uh, don't hit don't hit the Lane market. Brown would be another guy. I mean, Tunsil that, was traded, he right? He's may have been traded. Yeah, I, Tunsil and Brown were both traded. It feels like uh, left tackle been left tackles, but I mean, Tyron Smith is. It's a little bit different over in Dallas because they do have such an O line factory over there. Yeah, but part of the reason why is because Bill Callahan has laid down a good foundation for Dallas when he was over at Dallas. Uh, another guy, a guy that wouldn't preclude you from taking someone, but that I really do like is Cornelius Lucas. Uh, I think that's a name to put on your radar. He was over with the commanders. So Randy Jordan would know him, uh, Bill Callahan. I don't know of him and Bill Callahan, uh, cross paths when Callahan was also with the commanders, but he's a little bit older, but he's a guy that wouldn't preclude you from taking, but he would be a good insurance piece if those guys were off the board. Well, so, and
0: I know Herndon has talked a lot about this as well. And I agree with what you're saying. I think, I think left. So left tackles are more like quarterbacks than they are receivers in that they the good ones don't normally get to market receivers get to market at a higher rate. The other thing is that and Herndon Herndon talk about this and it's just a fact it is much easier to find an all pro receiver or pro bowl level receiver in the second round and third round than it is to find an all pro or pro bowl level tackle. And the Titans currently have an elite number one receiver or top level top. Let's not say elite, one of the better number one receivers, and they have no number one tackle. So like if you start to me just from like a logic standpoint, not only are they harder to find and tougher to get in free agency, but you have to draft them higher as well. It all logically screams tackle. That may not be what they do. So, they may so, they like somebody else. So
1: I don't know what the dates are on this uh, thing, but uh, the guy who does the RAS. Okay. So the guy who does the RAS uh, relative athletic score, who is Kentley Platt at Math Bomb on X. The, per, the percentage of pro bowlers uh, for the, all the different positions that were drafted in the first round. Offensive tackle and wide receiver are the bottom two. Safety. There are more safeties. 58% of safeties drafted in the first round during whatever time frame this is were 24 safeties. Free safeties, by the way, have been drafted in the first round. 58% have gone on to be at least one pro bowler. I, I assume 29% it's only like, of OTs. I, I'm, assuming that's because only,
0: of I'm assuming that's only because one or two safeties go in the first round. And to go in the first round, you must be very, very good. Like you must be graded out extremely. It's like guards. Well, I mean, centers, that's why it's a percentage,
1: right? I mean, the percentage takes away. Well, you know, when you're talking about okay, 24 safeties and four, 24 free safeties have been drafted in the first round. 14 of them have gone on to the Pro Bowl. And how many tackles were drafted in the first round over that? Same that would be of time? 87, and that would there be 26. But that's why it's a percentage, or a percentage rate takes away what you're talking about.
0: Uh, that, but that ultimately, that, but that's talking about hit rate, though you're right. talking you're talking about per- percentage change like yeah no i i understand math i get i get it i'm just saying like it is it is harder it is easier to find an all pro not and maybe all pros is a better term whatever a great starting high quality player it is easier to find a wide receiver in, in the second third and fourth round than it is to find those tackles in the second third and fourth round it just it, it doesn't mean that the, it, that that doesn't apply to well, joe alter or Dunze. Doesn't apply.
1: Well, to your point, a wide receiver in round two, 115 have been drafted, 24 have become Pro Bowlers. That's 20.87%. Now, that doesn't sound like a lot, but that is fourth best out of the second round position groups. So, okay. all the, the positions groups in the second round, that is actually fourth best, 20.87%. OT is 16.39. So, there you go. What were so the top like three positions? positions? Uh, running back, offensive center, and uh, linebacker. Sorry for saying offensive center. That's the to
0: say offensive coordinator. It says OC instead of just C. Offensive coordinator. No. But but again, that also tracks, I think, with logic. Running backs, centers, and middle linebackers, generally the top, or, top two or three guys are going in the second round. Maybe one or two go in the first round, but generally the best of the best are going in the second round. And just like safeties, you get a couple in the first round. I, I just think that... The draft is offensive
1: ye- tackles really don't have a good hit rate in any round. It's because offensive
0: line sucks. That, that's these just days.
1: Interesting. That's just they interesting. suck.
0: There's a problem. Well, it's at better offensive to line. have teachers. I agree. There's a problem at offensive line in every level of football right now. There, there's a, we've talked about it on this show. I talk about it on the sec show, sec, offensive lines. They're the best teams in America. They have problems with developing players in the offensive line. High schools are having trouble developing offensive linemen. The NFL is having, there is a problem at, And the reason is we've been playing seven on seven tournaments for 15 years and offensive and defensive linemen don't get any reps. The other positions get thousands of more reps per year. And now we're 15 years into these seven on seven tournaments, taking over our summers and springs. And these offensive linemen have no reps when they get to camp in August on any level, high school, college, or pro. And it's why they are not are The position that is the least, is the most difficult to evaluate. I've talked to so many coaches about recruiting about this. That the 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 lowest hit rate of recruits is offensive line, because their bodies change at different times, different years. You develop different skill sets at different times and different years. It's it's just very difficult to develop and track and pinpoint offensive linemen. It just is. It's just hard. It 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 is. What I will is.
1: say this: so, the neighbors in the Dunes to AD and uh, AD Mitchell and Worthy is the much 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 larger gap from Alta Fashanu to Patrick Paul and. I agree. Biden. uh the more I kind of do a little bit of research on A.D. Mitchell and Xavier Worthy, the more I'm become less sold on them.
0: Third round. Not second round, third round. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I'm I'm kind of getting there with
0: you. Yep. I think you said this, you said trade back from the second round pick, which is 38, I believe, back to to acquire an extra third. I like that to be then the target of the receiver. I think they are I think corner is where they are going in the top, if they pick in the top 10 picks of the second round, I think they are taking a corner. I, I
1: wouldn't guess. be surprised. Kamari Lassiter, Uh I'm... There's a guy that I got to, I got to bring up on the radar. McGluthern from Arkansas. I got to really name. One name. Start, I go watch He's one name? <laughs> What's his first name? I can't remember.
0: One name. McGlovin. One name. Dwight,
1: Dwight McLuthern, I think is his name. <laughs>
0: oh, there's man. a couple
1: of guys on the cornerback group that really, and they love. The Tennessee Titans love this new group. At least does. loves athletic cornerbacks. And I'm very excited because <laughs> well, RAS, RAS stock is up.
0: Got to play in space, man. It's a space game. Got to play in space yep. and corners. And to, to your to our point about re- offensive line being more difficult to evaluate. I think corners are getting better at playing in the modern NFL system, which is this pass happy quarterback receiver friendly thing that we've built over the last 15 years cornerbacks are getting better. They understand now how to play in it better than ever before. So go get a corner. They're going to go get one. <laughs> yes. A nice, super bad one name.
1: Several. I think they're going to get several cornerbacks.
0: So let's wrap up. We're going long sinkers, beverages, Kingston group stack in the inbox. We appreciate all that. Uh, so we had four or five starters, four and a half, really on the defense. So a lot of work have to do. 15 of defense.
1: 25 players. For the offense, on, we on said office. 25 and 25, right? So we have 27 of uh, 50.
0: So seven <laughs> potential starters, though, on the offense, yeah. not uh, almost all of the, the, the positions of need <laughs> are, are receiver yeah. and offensive line.
1: 54% Talk. of the way there to fill out this roster.
0: God, that's not a good starting point. <laughs> I feel like they should be a better spot than that. <laughs> But uh, thanks, John Robinson. We do appreciate all that you do for the organization. Yes. Uh, okay. All right. That about does it. Uh, have a great weekend. I'll see y'all at Billy Strings on Saturday night. I'll see y'all at Jodas Park on Sunday or Billy Strings on Friday night. Jodas Park on uh, on Sunday. And uh, if you want to get into some Nashville SC, the season get started Sunday, Club and Country Podcast. Make sure you check that out. Uh, our great and awesome friend, Wes Bowling, if you're thinking about him, it's Will Bowling's older brother. He's dealing with some family stuff uh, uh, in Canada right now with some with some heavy, heavy hearts. So just make sure you're thinking about him. But if you're into Nashville SC, check out the Club and Country podcast. If you're into college football, SEC Football Live, all the other great Titan shows, Music City Audible, F-Words Pod, Paul Karski Podcast, Hot Read Show, all the shows from the 440 Sports Network, we got you covered, I promise. We have everything you need. Gold Standard covering the Predators you don't need to go anywhere else. Just stay, stick it right here. We do appreciate you guys' support and support all the great local businesses that keep these shows free for all of you guys. So uh, stackingtheinbox.com. go sign up, be a subscriber, support Zach and all the work that he's doing with all those all the, the great folks that contribute with him. Uh, and uh, maybe jump into that chat room. Start using that chat room a little bit more to talk Titans. Uh, so uh, just value add for stackintheinbox.com subscribers. So go check it out. For Zach, I am Braden. Thank you for listening. Sinkers Beverages, Kingston Group, thanks to all of you guys for hanging out. We will talk to you guys on Monday. Have a great weekend, everybody.